Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of The Background Scoop. I'm your host, DJ Stavropoulos, part-time actor here in Atlanta, Georgia. In this episode, I talk mostly about my first month as core background on NBC's hit TV show, The Resident, season six. Yes, I am rubbing noses daily with Leela, Padma, Devin, Conrad, Cade, Billy, and Dr. Voss. I haven't worked with Dr. Bell just yet, and I've been spending an average of one day per week filming at the High Museum of Art in Midtown and the rest of the time on set in Conyers. And I'm basically getting one on-call day per week when I don't have to go in unless they call me and tell me to, and they have never called me in, at least not yet. But before I get to telling you all about The Resident, my last gig before this was a few days on Echo, a new Marvel show. And I think I talk a bit about my rehearsals for the movie, The Devil Comes Dressed to Church 2, which we are finally set to film in Birmingham, Alabama in late September. I play Gerald. I'll get started after the break. Today is Thursday, July 14th, 2022. I keep telling myself that I'm done recording episodes for this podcast, but then something unique and interesting happens and I feel compelled to talk about it, whether anyone cares to listen or not. I listen to these and they're a fun way to remind myself of all the experiences I'm having and someday my children and even grandchildren will get to listen. I can hear the grandkids saying, yeah, Papuli's podcast is the bomb. Papuli is the Greek word for grandpa, but of course it's okay if they call me grandpa dj i just wrapped three days on a marvel show that stars a native american deaf woman that is all i can say except that she was in hawkeye and so was i there are 10 things i want to cover in this section first i'm not a big car person and i would never buy a cadillac escalade but i got to ride in one on set at 40 miles an hour around the racetrack i wasn't driving of course a stunt driver named taylor was it was quite exhilarating second Holding a gun isn't as easy as it sounds, at least if you want it to look real. This was the first time I had, quote, gun advisors, unquote, coming by to make sure of two things. One, am I standing correctly? And two, am I holding the gun properly? The stance is weird. Your left foot is forward facing while your right foot is somewhat behind you, not quite at a 45 degree angle. You bend your knees just a bit and lean forward as if the gun is pulling you. That's because you have to be ready for the kickback to push you back a bit, so you cannot be already leaning backward. Secondly, holding the gun with your right hand, you use your left hand to cup the bottom of your right hand in your left palm. Your left thumb actually wraps around your right hand, not the gun. This part wasn't important until we did a scene where just two of us were in it, and for some reason it was important that people see us holding our guns correctly. Getting mine out of its holster was a huge pain. It didn't slide in or out easily, so I kept positioning it halfway out so that it would be easy enough to retrieve, but not so far out that it would fall. It did fall out during one take as I got into the SUV. For the record, I had a rubber Glock for most of the scenes, but in this one, Grant replaced it with a real one. My third story is about introducing myself to a principal actor. I have never done this and would normally refrain from this for fear of being fired on the spot. However, one of the supporting actresses looked really familiar and I spent all day Monday trying to figure out why. Tuesday morning, it hit me. It's because my ex had told me that his client, Catherine Dyer, is an actress and had shown me a scene from Stranger Things where she walks in 
pretending to be a detective and shoot someone dead. It was her. I texted him to get her last name and said I was standing right behind her on set. He insisted I go introduce myself. So I spent the next few hours trying to figure out the best way to do this and what my opening line should be. Here it is, quote, Catherine. Cameron Harris insisted I introduce myself, unquote. But when and how, I didn't want to interrupt any of her conversations nor tread into her tent. So at some point, she walked right by me and I said, Catherine? And she stopped and looked at me. Despite having planned out my opening line, I flubbed it. The whole thing happened in slow motion, and all I could hear was me saying, quote, I'm Cameron Harris's husband, unquote. She was delighted to meet me, but rushed off to the ladies' room. She did stop to chat some more on her way back. She couldn't quite remember that she had just seen him, but did know that he had cut her hair and not colored it. The next day, she smiled and said hi to me as well. So now I know how to approach an actor without coming across as a stalker, and I did not get fired. Fourth, the setting was really interesting, an old defunct racetrack lost in time, but I discovered through some research that it's actually still active and there's a race there this Saturday night. It's one of those situations where you want to go back just to get a feel for what this place really is, but it's a good hour away and costs $15 to get in. Some other time, Sonoya Racetrack, established in 1969. There were fake vintage signs hanging. One advertised a company called Snake Creek Salvage. I called the Oklahoma number on it, but it turned out to not be working. Fifth, we had two lightning strikes yesterday, so the last scene got hosed. They canceled half of us, but needed the other half to go back today. So much for four days of work. While we were there, Central also pinged a bunch of us to do body double work on Thursday and Friday, which made no sense if we all had to be there today. I said I was available. My booking was never confirmed. We all concluded they just wanted to see all the people who were available so they could look at photos and pick the one who most resembled the actor they needed a double for. Six, I have stopped bringing my lunch to set because I end up never eating it. That includes five fully cooked Oscar Mayer wieners in their original packaging. I looked over late yesterday to see the guy next to me picking breakfast sausage links out of a water-filled Ziploc bag and shoveling them into his mouth. It was so disgusting that I vowed never to be caught eating my own hot dogs on set again. Gross. Seven, my final news is that while waiting out the lightning, Strike Central pinged me for a five-month core background role on The Resident, and I immediately said yes without thinking it through. We'll see how this goes. I've always wanted to do this because it's steady income for a long period of time. There is no way background actors can possibly book themselves for five days a week for five months. It's just logistically impossible, which is why I accepted the role. I didn't even have to apply. They just texted me and I clicked a button. That's it. It amounts to probably $12,000, but that is more than I would have made doing a variety of other roles. And it's super consistent, Monday through Friday, and they even pay me for days they don't need me. I thought driving to Conyers every day will be horrible, but then realized they film at the High in Midtown on Mondays and elsewhere on location when not filming interior scenes. The only little drop drawbacks are that one, it may get boring, and two, I won't have the flexibility to audition for speaking roles or attend acting classes or easily do real estate work except on the weekends. They asked if I had any conflicts and I said no, but I do actually have a week's vacation planned at the end of August and also need two days to make a movie in Birmingham. 
in September. I have a friend, Lorraine, who does this on The Resident, and she told me that in reality, you can ask for days off as long as you give them enough notice. Number eight, speaking of Birmingham, my devil movie got pushed from July to September. We've been reading the script on a Zoom call on Thursday nights for these past four weeks. It's a great way to practice with the other actors, not just for the lines, but for the chemistry and timing and everything else that goes with playing your part. And I got a contract with a crazy amount of money offered to me. Without an agent, I had no one to review this. And even though I did find some entertainment attorneys to read it, I had my friend Stephen review it. He makes movies and writes these as well. The payment is deferred, so I don't really expect to ever get this money. I'm doing it for the experience and the footage for my reel. Finally, items nine and 10. My little high school reunion on Cape Cod a few weeks ago was a lot of fun. At one point in the living room, I did my up in the air monologue for them out of the blue and got some praise for my performance. Someone said that I really could be a motivational speaker. I had planned to take film one at the Alliance Theater starting in July or August, but we'll have to put that on hold because they don't have any weekend classes. Wish me luck on the resident. I think my first role is playing a doctor. And if you haven't heard, they just signed Andrew McCarthy from The Breakfast Club to be a recurring character in season six. So I will probably get to work with him at some point. That film is a classic and came out when I was a senior in college. On a personal note, I signed my final divorce papers today. Word of warning, don't ever get married if you're not prepared to lose 50% of whatever you amass during the marriage. I will soon be $250,000 poorer than I am right now. And that is not fun. Today is Sunday, July 24th, 2022. I just finished my first week as core background on The Resident Season 6. It wasn't bad, but I'm not sure I'm going to last until December. My friends Catherine and Kevin are on it too, and I met some new people, Sean, Carla, and Stella. The first three days were about 14 hours each. Thursday was shorter, and Friday, we were only on call, which means I didn't have to go in unless they called me and they did not call me. You basically get paid to sit home all day hoping they will not call you. Nothing remarkable to report. The crafty is very, very good. Gatorade Zero and all kinds of great snacks and food. I have been skipping the lunch and bringing my own. They keep changing who I am. Monday, I was an internist. Tuesday, a doctor. Wednesday, an admin. And Thursday, a doctor again. Most of these roles are easy because they just put you into scrubs. Black for internists, blue for doctors, and green for nurses. Some people are actually buying their own scrubs on Amazon with approval. The brand is called M&M. They're only about $20 a set, and it saves you from having to change in the morning and evening, which saves some time, but I'm not about to shell out $60 for three sets of these, one in each color. It's fascinating watching the principal actors huddle and chat in their little clicks. There are the two Indian twins who are very close to Manish and Matthew. Andrew McCarthy kind of hangs on his own and is a very small man. The woman who plays Dr. Kit is as tall as she looks on TV. I was in a scene with her and Andrew McCarthy on Thursday. 
On Wednesday, I was all dressed up with half a suit on and my brown wingtips, which proved to be quite squeaky. So, wardrobe put foam pads on the heels, but even that didn't work. The foam just made a different noise when I walked. I was walking very gently, which I thought looked stupid. Finally, they said that anyone who felt their shoes were making noise could just take them off. So, half of us did. We just walked through the scene in our stockings. Conyers is not that bad of a commute, about 22 miles each way. All the traffic is going the opposite way, and I have yet to run into any accidents that double my commute. Fingers crossed. They tell me it takes about two weeks to film a single episode, so we'll be continuing with episode one next week. I've been told there are about 50 to 60 of us core background. We are color-coded and have different holding areas, both in trailers and inside. I am blue but there are also red, green, and yellow people. I have been looking at houses a lot lately, trying to determine now that I'm divorced and can sell my house, whether I should downsize so that I can buy a smaller townhouse in Atlanta and a second home in Provincetown, where I can live for seven months of the year once I'm retired. Everything is getting very complicated now. I have almost too many choices. If I continue to act while retired, then all the work is here, but I would love to live on Cape Cod from April through October each year. One can only dream. I almost just subscribed to eight Broadway shows at the Fox for only $292, but I'm finding it hard to commit to this many Saturday afternoon matinees. Oh, that stupid pandemic. It's made me so cozy in my home that I barely want to go outside and do anything. An unexpected side effect of your whole world getting so small that you could almost live it now rarely leaving your home. I just need a doctor that makes house calls. Speaking of which, beware the marketplace that sells health insurance. Somehow my dental insurance got canceled and in the process of fighting to get it reinstated, I lost of course, I was able to record a new life event, my divorce. This qualified me for a special enrollment period during which I re-enrolled in the exact same plans as before, but since I'm no longer married, I got to include only my income, which resulted in a $700 monthly tax credit. My health insurance premium dropped from $645 per month to $1.74. Woohoo! But now I need a new catalytic converter, and my dealer wants to charge me $2,500 for that. So there goes all that saved money. You just cannot win. It's Saturday, July 30th, 2022. I finished my first two weeks as core background on The Resident. Two down and 20 to go. We're supposed to film until mid-December, and then I heard they may ask us all to start up again in January. I honestly thought I wouldn't make it, but now I believe I can. It's really quite easy. No applying for any roles. No driving to test or fit. You just get your call time and show up. The days can be long, sometimes 12 to 14 hours, but it's pretty easy and steady money overall. The worst part is that sometimes it's really, really boring. My friend Catherine caught Andrew McCarthy trying to open a big wooden door last week. He tugged and tugged and then looked around quickly to see if anyone was watching him before giving up and running away. Her reenactment of this is hilarious. We make her do it at least once a day when we're near that door. There's a walking track around stage two, I think, that we sometimes walk just to get our steps in and kill the boredom. Some people walk clockwise while others walk counterclockwise. So far, I am averaging one day off per week. Last week, it was Friday. 
this week, it was Wednesday. Tuesday, I had a super late call time of 2.30 p.m., and after not using us for five hours, they sent us home. If this trend continues, I will be working just four days a week, getting paid for five, and having weekends off. Well, not really. Weekends are for selling real estate. The twins in the show, Anuja and Anisha, Joshi are fun to watch. I can't tell them apart, except that one is pregnant on the show and the other is a doctor who works at Chastain Memorial Hospital. I did a scene with them and Malcolm Jamal Warner yesterday. They brought in all this takeout food that they had to either pretend to eat or actually eat. I learned last week that all the skylines are totally fake. I used to watch the show and try to figure out where they were filming it in Midtown based on the buildings I could see outside. Now I know that they're just on a big curtain wall hanging outside the windows and are completely fake. One of them makes no sense because it's in Buckhead, miles from the hospital. Catherine's parents live in the area, so she was painstakingly reviewing the buildings, trying to find their condo. Apparently, one of the drivers named JP sometimes gives Manish a ride, but yesterday we learned that Manish now has his $100,000 car with him, so he no longer needs a ride like the rest of us. I have played three different roles in the first two weeks, orderly, doctor, and administrator. I have yet to play a nurse or a visitor. The orderly doctor and nurse roles are very comfortable and easy with respect to wardrobe. They give you scrubs and take your license for the day. I am now wearing a t-shirt and shorts underneath them so that at the end of the day, I don't have to wait for a dressing room. I can just strip down right there and give them their stuff back. The administrator clothes are a bit more complicated. The central casting email said suits, which I brought, but wardrobe hates ties and jackets, so it ends up being just dress pants or chinos, a dress shirt, and shoes. However, no one tells you when they are done filming each episode. And if you come back as the same administrator and they're filming the same day, you're supposed to be wearing the same clothes. I arrived this week with a different set of clothes and they had to make do. So now I know. When I play an administrator, I will always bring two sets of clothes. What I wore the last time in case it's still the same day and a new outfit if it's a new day. And then repeat that the next time I play an administrator. That way I'm always prepared to film the last day or a new day. Of course, one day they will tell me that they're filming two new days and I'll be like, WTF, how can you throw a wrench into my foolproof system? Lindsay and Jocelyn would find this funny. We filmed at the high last Monday and we'll be there again this coming Monday. It's a very easy commute. It's literally a third of the distance to Conyers, but still takes 50% of the time it takes to drive to Conyers. A total of 15 minutes. Ahmad and I were trapped in an employee break room last Monday behind a wall of windows and could not hear anything going on outside. Two real security guards wandered in and began asking all kinds of questions. I think they wanted to be in the show. There is a hidden alley and building behind Cafe 1280 that I've never seen before. They use it a lot on the show and now I know exactly where it is. Cafe 1280 was our holding for the day. They have strange red velvet hangers to hang your coats on. There is a new director this week named Paul McCrane. He's really fast. They plan to do five scenes one day and he cranked out eight. I had a scene read on a Zoom call on Thursday at 8.30 for my Devil movie and emailed the director to let her know I might not be able to make it and that I would try my best. We were done filming and I snuck outside and sat on the chair and joined the call. We got through my first two scenes when I noticed everyone coming out to go home. We were wrapped. Instead of just staying there to finish, I took a risk. I got my stuff and got on the van, hoping I would get to my car before my next scene came up, but I didn't make it. I had put myself on mute and could not get it to unmute myself. Plus, this woman I worked with on The Walking Dead was talking to me, not realizing that the headphones I had on meant I was occupied. 
The director called my name, but then chimed in and read my lines. I did make it to my car and sat inside with a light on to read my last two scenes. Then I drove home and got stopped by a cop for having a non-working passenger headlight. He gave me a warning and not a ticket. Yay. I was supposed to head up to Robinstown for a week at the end of July, but will likely cancel this vacation. I don't really have $1,200 to spend on this, given my car needs a new catalytic converter. I hate car issues. I took it to my dealer and spent $160 for them to tell me they can replace it for $2,500. Then I called my other mechanic, and he can do it for $950. It's still a lot to invest in a 14-year-old car, but what do you do? I just finished season one of Westworld, and I really, really loved it. I'm always fascinated by what some brilliant minds come up with for TV shows. It's a bit violent, but most of those killed are robots, so it doesn't really matter. It's just a fascinating story. Watch the first episode. You may get hooked on it, as I was. I started season two, but may take a break. I love, love, love Dolores, and until now, had no idea who Evan Rachel Wood even was. Finally, Monarch is premiering on NBC on September 11th. Huh? Do these people have no memory of what happened on that day in 2001? Could they not have picked a better date? I had to check my records to confirm that I worked the show seven times earlier this year, so I'll be watching every episode, despite the fact that seeing myself on TV is no longer as thrilling as it once was. I know my devil movie lines by heart. Tiffany now tells us weekly that we have to embody the character. Here are my five opening lines. Yes, sir. In fact, we're the welcoming committee. I'm Gerald. A tour for starters. Here, let me give you a hand with those. Why don't we take these inside and we can start the tour of your new home? This is where Pastor Michael and his family used to live, but the house and car were purchased by the church, so now they're yours. End of my lines. If I don't go to Cape Cod Labor Day weekend, at least I'll be taking a road trip to Birmingham, Alabama for four days in late September, unless the movie filming gets rescheduled again. Today is Friday, August 5th, 2022. I just finished my third week as core background on The Resident. It's getting exhausting, let me tell you. I had no days off this week to start. Wednesday, we were there until 10 p.m. I actually ended up with Thursday and Friday off, and here is why. Central is very unaccommodating if you need to come in late. My car needed some work, so I told the PA on set that I might be late on Thursday and Friday since I had to drop it off at 8 a.m. and pick it up the next day at 8 a.m., given that I wouldn't be able to make it there to get it on Thursday at 5. He said call Central to let them know and remind him the day before. So I called Central and told them. They said fine. And then I got no call time email on Wednesday for Thursday this week. I waited a few hours and called Central. They said they were notified that I had requested those two days off. I said, no, I did not. I noted that I might be late depending on the call time. Well, since the call times were going to be 7.30 a.m. both days, they could not accommodate my request. In other words, you cannot be an hour late. My friend Kevin told me that some other woman had car issues and showed up two hours late, and they sent her home. Since we were there until 10 p.m. on Wednesday, the 7.30 call time on Thursday got moved to 8.30, which I actually could have made, but since they took me off the schedule, there was no way of knowing this revised call time and getting back on it. I dropped my car up at 8 a.m., and it was done by 2 p.m., which means I no longer had any conflict for Friday. But alas, my tax lady called, and since I've been trying to meet with her for over a month now, 
I schedule time with her on Friday. Oh, well, just so you know, do not ask Central to work around your schedule. They will just take you off the calendar. Going forward, I will just not tell them and see what happens based on the call time. If it turns out I'm going to be an hour late, I'll just call and cancel. Second item, you cannot easily accept any other jobs when you are core background. Other people have told me they take other things and just call out, but that doesn't really work unless your testing and fitting is on the weekend when you're not doing the resident. I've had multiple requests to work on Grasshopper again, but all require a test, a fit, and another test before filming. The first three of these barely paid $35 each, and I am not going to forego my $110 per day on the resident for this. The only time I could actually do this is if all the testing and fitting was on the weekend, and I have never seen such a request. Three, the PAs keep messing up the timeout on the Rogers. This happened twice in three weeks. I happened to be texting my friends and taking random pictures on set last Friday. My timeout said 7.42, which felt off somehow. Then I noticed I had a photo of us from 8 o'clock and that my Liberty Mutual app showed I didn't get to my car until 8.23 p.m. So I spoke to the PA and he wanted to see the photo and then he immediately fixed it. This Wednesday, when we were there until 10, I got home to find my voucher had us leaving at 8 p.m off by two hours. I immediately texted him from my bed at 11 p.m. Who cares? He was clearly still up. And then I saw on Facebook that everyone was having a conniption about this. He fixed it. So the lesson is that you should always check your voucher for accuracy and take a photo of you and your friends on set as you're checking out so that you have proof that you were there as late as you were. Four, I did stand in one day this week and was the stand in backup the next day. It was stupid. There were probably 10 of us above and beyond the stand-ins for the main characters, and most of us sat around doing nothing all day. We had to run out to set every time they yelled cut, or new deal, or moving on, or barking rehearsal. But in most cases, we were not needed. I was standing in for a stunt guy who was playing a non-speaking role. He never left the set, so I was useless being there. By the way, a marking rehearsal is when the actors go through the scene and a marking person runs around putting tape all over the floor to designate their marks. In other words, where they stop at each point as they move through the scene, which is technically called blocking. I got the higher rate of 175 on the first day, but on day two, I was dressed as an admin and given my stand-in tape to put across my chest just in case they needed me. But I was told I wouldn't get the stand-in rate until I actually did stand-in work. Of course, that never happened. Instead, I became a visitor very late in the day, and then even that scene was not filmed. The good news is that I did run into my friend Maya, whom I met on AUPS a few months ago. She is the regular stand-in for Leela, one of the main doctors. I told her all about how my divorce was now finalized since I had dumped all that personal stuff on her the day after we first met. She was absolutely horrified that I had to pay out $250,000 and suggested I start a third podcast about gay divorce, since there's definitely a market out there for educating people now that gays getting married is all the rage. I wonder if this could be misconstrued as me giving legal advice. Anyway, my hands are full of my other two podcasts. I should have thought of that two years ago. That's why I had to call the call with my tax person today to pay the taxes on the 175000 I had to pull out of my rollover IRA before turning 59 and a half. I have to pay about $65,000 more in penalties and taxes on that amount. So the net is closer to $340,000, which means I either have to start killing it in real estate or go back to the corporate world to make up for this huge loss. Everything happens for a reason. As an aside, I started watching a Netflix show called Uncoupled, which stars 
Neil Patrick Harris, who played Doogie Howser. It's really good. You should watch it. It feels very much like Sex in the City, except it's about a gay guy who broke up with his boyfriend or husband of like 15 years, maybe. And he's trying to figure out navigating dating in the new world. Again, I think Darren Starr has something to do with it. And that's why it feels very much like Sex in the City. But highly recommend it. I think it's only six to eight episodes and I watched them all over one weekend. So check it out. Finally, I'm saving money on dinner since I pretty much eat on set all day. At lunch, I have a salad with grilled chicken, which counts as dinner. And then for dinner, I have what I'd normally have for lunch. Beware of misunderstanding directions. On Monday at the High Museum, the PA pointed at Rocky and said, walk towards Rocky. Well, the shortest path path, excuse me, was through the grass, not following the sidewalks that make a rectangle. After a few takes, he comes over and asks, who told you to walk through the grass? And as I began to explain, we got interrupted by Nate, who pulled me over to walk down some stairs instead. Yes, Nate Galasek from Doom Patrol and Ordinary Joe made a guest appearance this week on The Resident. I don't know how often we'll see him, but people just love him. He walks around inspiring everyone by telling us that we're killing it. Great job! And the infamous Montana Maniscalco, whom I've mentioned numerous times when discussing Ordinary Joe, is also a regular on The Resident. I'm off to Trillith tomorrow, not for work, but to look at real estate. I have no intention of moving, but cannot resist looking at affordable homes down there. Serenby has more cachet, but Trillith costs less. I would not recommend living there if you're an actor. You need to be centrally located as close to the middle of Atlanta as possible, since studios are all over the place and multiplying like rabbits, and you have no idea which part of town your next gig will be in. Trust me, I've been doing this for years. I'm up to 130 background gigs since 2019 and six speaking roles. That's 44 background roles in 2022 alone. My spreadsheet estimates I'll make almost $24,000 this year, which is basically what I made last year. I made around $26,000 in 2020. Something isn't quite right here. I thought I would make a lot more this year given the first half was crazy busy. And now that I'm full-time on the resident, but I guess the lower pay in the resident is offsetting higher paying jobs that aren't as consistent. Listen for an update in January of 2023 on my numbers. See ya. It's Friday, August 12, 2022, the end of week four as a core background actor on The Resident. There are several people that have been cut from the show, so I have no idea if I'll be on it through December. You just never know. I heard through the grapevine that Central is cutting core numbers and on Facebook saw evidence as people chimed in to say they'd been cut. A few strange things happened this week. After we were wrapped yesterday, just after 4 p.m., the entire crew packed up and headed to stage four, which is also where we all park, which caused problems. First, there were no vans to take us there because they were busy getting the crew there, I think. They arrived, but it took a little longer than normal. Worse, when we got there, it was impossible to get out. There were multiple 16-wheelers trying to pull in as a long line of us tried to get out. Trucks in the lot were blocking them from entering, and they themselves were blocking our ability to get out. I realized on the way out that the answer is to never try to exit this way in this situation. Instead, drive to the back left corner of the parking lot and exit on the left side of the building instead of the right side. I'm referring to where background parking is on Sigmund Road. 
The second item is about fake things, which I've covered in the past, but sometimes a fake thing can be dangerous. While standing outside the emergency entrance of Chastain Memorial Hospital, I leaned on a concrete barrier. You know, one of those concrete posts painted yellow that prevents a car from driving into a building? Well, it moved, and I almost fell over because it wasn't real. Everyone saw this happen and laughed, and then we all looked around and started guessing what else around us wasn't real. A while later, as we returned to set, I noticed three to four guys on top of the hospital doing something. I thought, oh, I wonder what they're up to, but didn't think much of it. 20 minutes later, as we were preparing to shoot, I heard a kerfuffle and saw a guy fall through the ceiling of one of the operating rooms just in front of me. He was hanging on by his elbows and his body dangled from the ceiling and people scurried around to help. He hung there for a few minutes as they reached up and tried to secure his body and lower him. But someone immediately yelled, get a ladder! And then they lowered him to the floor. When the ladder showed up three minutes later, the person just stood there, not quite sure what it was for. And then the set people cut away part of the damaged ceiling so as not to injure anyone. It's a good thing we didn't need that room in the shot. However, I did have to walk into it after my hot cross behind Anuja and another woman. The moral of the story is this. If you're working in or on a fake building day in and day out, never forget that it's not real, which means it's probably not strong enough to support you if you climb on top of it. It wasn't built for that. Imagine if our homes fell apart if we leaned on them with our bodies. That would be terrible. The third thing I learned this week about being core background is that the watching process is a million times easier. I don't have to keep track of anything. Based on my first month here, I am in every episode in multiple scenes. All I have to do is watch the show. And I don't need to pull up my phone and make videos of me in the show because I'll probably be seen so often that I would end up recording half the show, which makes no sense because it's too long. And when the episodes air, I just have to update the episode on IMDb to record what role I had in it. So far, it's been primarily doctor and administrator. So aside from everything else, this is another compelling reason to do core background work on a show. Seeing yourself is much easier. Early yesterday, I got a strange message on backstage from someone named Joseph Halhan, titled Goodfellas-style gangster show called WAR. Here is what it said. Hi, we are filming a series called War and are interested in having you play the role of uh, undercover, should be un-undercover, FBI agent called Tony. Of course his name is Tony because that is the quintessential Italian gangster name. Tony! Back to what he said. We have a network that is interested in our concept and have to film tomorrow. Tomorrow is missing an R. To show them a proof of concept by next week. If your, he incorrectly used the possessive your instead of the contracted you are, interested in being in the show, please contact us back ASAP with your phone number, missing comma, and the director is going to call you today to speak to you about the role. Appreciate your time. Small A with no period at the end. So I responded, wondering if I could actually pull this off, and I never heard back. Today we're on call, so I'm not really working on the residence, so I actually could have done this. But it almost feels as if I'm being typecast as an FBI agent and or gangster type. I guess that just may be my lot in life, at least in the acting world. Off like a prom dress, my New Jersey clients are under contract, and I'm hoping we successfully get through due diligence this time around. Their appraisal just came in $35,000 higher 
higher than the contract price. Yay! And I need some sleep. I was up until 11 p.m. watching The Bachelorette, even though I said I wasn't going to watch it because this season is a complete train wreck with two women and too many men, and nobody knows what the rules are. Enough already. Just kill the show off. It's lived a good life. That's all for this episode. Tune in again for more of the Background Scoop, where I discuss background acting here in Atlanta. Hope you're learning and getting some BG roles of your own. Feel free to reach out with your questions, which I'll try to answer in a future episode, or tell me a story about your own experience, and I may choose to interview you. See the episode notes for how to reach out, and if you like what you've heard, please rate the podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm recording this after this episode was published to make a few corrections and comment on a few things I left out. Number one, I have been actually filming in scenes with Andrew McCarthy just as much as I have with everybody else on the show. Uh, number two, he actually was not in The Breakfast Club. He was in Pretty in Pink. I get all those Brat Pack movies mixed up. Um, they were so long ago in the past, and I don't know. I just can't keep them apart. Uh, and number three, I think I mentioned always filming at the High End Mondays. It's not every Monday. We're either filming at the High End Monday or we're back in Conyers. And it's always Conyers or the High. We never film on location because the core people are all hospital people. And so anything on location is not a hospital scene, so they don't use us. In fact, the opposite is true. Once in a while, they cycle non-core people into our scenes. Um, like this week, they had a bunch of pregnant mothers. Um including my friend Winnie, whom I haven't seen in ages. And I think my friend Rorella was on set last week, but I was off, so I didn't get to see her. So just a few corrections. I wanted to make sure um, I got in before I forgot. Thanks, and sorry for the mistakes and omissions. So the only thing worse than having to record a segment with corrections and omissions is forgetting to include all the information you had planned to include in that segment. So here I'm again with one more note. The most important thing that I completely forgot. The Resident is not on NBC. It is on Fox. As the French would say, je suis désolé.